Welcome, 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 welcome back to This Week in Local Government and Building Stronger Communities. Uh, I am Matt Horn, the Director of Local Government Services for MRB Group, uh, and here today to talk to you about something that is on every local government leader's radar, uh, and that's the subject of grants, right? So uh, we work all over the country. Every state does this differently. Every state agency looks at things differently. Uh, and certainly the federal, state, and private sectors all have their own way of doing things. Um, but what I've found uh, across my work in, in multiple states and multiple funding agencies is there's some real core issues that should be addressed, some core actions that can be taken by local government leaders uh, in preparation for grants, things you should be doing well ahead of preparing grant applications, um, of even looking for funding sources. Uh, and so we wanted to touch today on some of these things that you can be doing and that you should be doing independent of, uh, of a formal grant application. Um, so, you know, I know opinions vary uh, about about grants. There's some ideology out there about uh, about, you know, this is our money anyway. And why do we have to compete for it? And um, these federal and state dollars are contributing to, uh, you know, to some kind of dependence on uh, on other funding sources. Well, that that is the case, by the way. But what we do know is that local government budgets are absolutely stretched to the limit. Your constituents. Um, are very resistant, typically, uh, to uh, additional property tax dollars. Um, and in a lot of cases, any tax dollars, whether it's property tax, sales tax, etc. They, they want to see that you've explored every opportunity to address your funding priorities outside of locally generated tax dollars. And that's where grants can be uh, very supportive. Outside sources are critical to moving these priorities forward. Um, good news. Right now, today, especially 2022, more federal and state dollars than ever are floating around out there, whether it's ARPA or the, uh, or the Biden infrastructure bill or any of these other uh, federal and state funding sources that have just been juiced up in response to the pandemic, in response to struggling economic situations. Um, so we know the money is there. Uh, but before we go get it, um, even though these state and federal funding sources have more money than they've had in recent memory, they want to be part of a strategy. They're not just writing checks to write checks. They're not just writing checks for every good idea that comes along. Most funding sources, most funding agencies want to be part of something bigger. They typically want to be what I call the middle money in, right? Um, local government has spent a little time, effort, initiative on moving the community forward, um, and the state and federal dollars can come in um, to keep that ball rolling or to push you over that tipping point before the private market kind of takes off. Um, so if you've just got an idea, you know, oh, we want a spray park or we want a dog park, we want to build a trail. Uh, if you can't tie it back to an overarching strategy and to some legwork that you've already done on your side of the fence, um, then your chances of winning a grant are uh, are frankly um, pretty far out. They're pretty. It's it's a pretty pretty much a long shot that you're just going to get a single one-off project funded. 
Um, and so what we encourage local governments to do is to think strategically. Um, and when we work with clients on the grant side, the very first things we do don't have anything to do with writing a grant itself, right? We might use some of the work we do up front uh, to help us move a grant application along. But before we ever put pen to paper on a grant application, pen to paper, I can't remember the last uh, paper grant application I filed, but before our fingers hit the keyboard on, uh, on a funding application, uh, we are going to take several steps with a local government to make sure that's uh, that they're ready to roll. And you really don't need a consultant to do a lot of these things. These are things that you should be doing anyway as a matter of course, and uh, that uh, that even at a, at a very small scale, particularly that local governments are really good at. You got into this business um, to move your community forward. Uh, so what are the things that you should be doing to move move things forward? Well, you'll hear me say this over and over and over again as it relates to virtually anything we're going to do in local government. Um, and so brace for something that you probably already know. And that is before you ever wade into a funding strategy, before you ever start thinking about where we can source dollars for specific projects, you need to clarify your vision. You need to be clear to yourselves as the local governing board to your staff as uh, as local leaders charged with executing on strategies uh, and to your community about where this organization, where this town, city, village, county is headed um, in over the next 20 years. Uh, we love to use the comprehensive plan for that. I mean, the comprehensive plan is uh, is one of those rare opportunities where you get to pull way back from the day to day to day and start thinking 15, 20 years out on the horizon. So it's a fantastic tool. But if you can't manage it, if it's something that you know, you're saying to yourselves, hey, there's a grant round just over the horizon and this is going to uh, a comprehensive plan is going to take a year to complete or six or eight months to complete. Um, we need we need something to bridge that gap. It's fine. You you can the, when we when we set up comprehensive plans, the first thing we do uh, is to uh, help a community uh, establish, clarify, refine a vision statement. And so, if you are uh, if you're not there with a comprehensive plan, uh, but you but you want to get moving, the first thing you can do is establish a vision. So, what's a vision statement? It's effectively just. I, I call it authentic, right? It's got to be really about who you are. Um, people have to be able to believe it about you, uh, but it also has to be aspirational. Um, it's a vision. It's something we're going to do 20 years from now. Hopefully you're not saying, I want to be exactly the same as I am right now for the next 20 years. What you can say is I want to preserve the quality of life that my residents have come to enjoy over the next 20 years. I want to make sure that growth supports that or growth doesn't bang that up or we manage growth. But but to be clear, your vision has to be in motion, right? It has to be something um, that speaks to where you're going. Um, and, and we like to use 20 years, 15, 20 years as uh, as that point in the horizon. So how do you develop a vision statement? Um, first, I'll say this is not a one meeting agenda item. So don't throw it uh, as item uh, 6C on Wednesday night's uh, council meeting. It's not, it, it's going to take a lot 
longer than that, and it deserves a lot more attention than that. Um, you're going to want to engage the public, right? You're going to want to bring the community into the room at a minimum to hear your thoughts uh, on it and to react to them. Um, but even better would be to involve them, to engage them in uh, in that discussion. That's why having it on a standing council meeting or standard council meeting is not probably not a good idea. Um, if you got a little time, do some surveys, have have a couple of public forums, some focus groups to hear what the community thinks about where we should be heading, where the community should be 15 to 20 years from now. And then sit down and, and start to scratch it out, start to identify themes, start to create a picture of, uh, of where the community is, uh, is headed. The format's up to you. It could be short. I've seen a paragraph. I've seen a couple of sentences. It could be long, three pages. I don't know about three pages. That's probably too long, but, but certainly um, enough to paint a clear picture for where you're headed. Um, and then once you've got it, uh, once you've refined it and, and narrowed it to, uh, to something that you can get excited about and that you really believe in, emblazon it everywhere. Put it on everything. Make sure every staff member has a copy of it. Make sure every council member has a copy of it. A lot of great communities put it on every council agenda or on every board agenda uh, that, uh, so that the, that the horizon is always sitting right there in front of you so that you can always be thinking about um, how, the, how the action items you're set to tee up for, uh, for tonight's agenda, how do they relate to this thing? Um, make sure it's in your budgets. Make sure it's in your grant applications. Make sure it's everywhere and that everyone understands it. Um, so, so clarifying your vision, you know, it's, it's far removed from the grant application process, and it should be. You shouldn't be doing it under fire. We're working through a budget and we're working through grant applications. Uh, we're trying to decide whether to do this capital project or that one. That's not a, the best time to be working on a vision statement. Those things can influence your thinking. Ice cold, removed from the conversations uh, of, of impending action is probably the best way to go. So now you've got a vision statement in hand. Um, you got to do an assessment. You, got, you have to really understand where your organization, where your community is in relationship to that, uh, to that vision statement. How far off are you? What investments need to be made in time, effort, treasury, uh, what, what investments need to be made to move you closer to your vision statement? Um, and I'd say create just a little three-year plan of action. Um, do we have the staff resources we need? If we don't, what, are, what types of staff are we going to be looking for uh, to help us move this forward? Are, are our programs in shape to get us where we want to go? Do we need to refine those? Do we need to add them? Do we need to stop doing some things um, so that we can prioritize our resources moving forward? What capital investments need to be made? Uh, to make all of this work, uh, and uh, because focus is going to be your friend moving forward, um, and uh, again, doesn't have to be elaborate. You know, the, these are tools for your use, whatever fits your community best. If you're if you're a spreadsheet person, punch it all out on a spreadsheet, and again, throw it in your board member binder and hold on to it. Um, refer back to it as you're thinking about budgets. You can write it on a bunch of legal pads. Whatever, whatever works best for you in terms of tracking your, uh, your opportunities, in terms of tracking uh, what your needs were, um, just, uh, just put it in that form and, and use it. Be clear, though. 
when you list an investment, we're going to hire an assistant village administrator or an assistant county administrator. In two years, we want to be able to hire that person. What's that person going to be doing that advances you toward your vision? Uh, we're going to build a spray park. Great. What's that do to get you to your vision? Be really clear about that. Make those links. Um, and then update it regularly. Make it a living document. Make sure that once a year or every time somebody's got an idea, we sit down and we evaluate it against the vision and we decide where it falls into um, this prioritization list. Only after you've done that, only after you've clarified your vision and made a real honest assessment of your current situation, should you start to move now into the grant discussion. We don't have to wait for a grant deadline, by the way. We got our, we got our stuff in hand. Uh, we don't have to even wait for a grant announcement. We got our vision handy. We've got our, our, our situation assessed. We got our needs assessment in front of us. Now we can start to scan the horizon. Look for funders that share your vision. I mean, this is most critical in philanthropic funding. Um, philanthropic folks invest in causes. They invest in, uh, in, in really root core values. Uh, and so um, make sure that, that any funder that you're looking at on the private side in particular shares your vision for where a community should be heading. Know the funding cycles. Create a calendar right now of how things shook out last year with state and federal dollars. That's usually a pretty good predictor of how they're going to shake out this year. What's the cycle? When are the deadlines? When, when will the projects be uh, announced? When can I get under construction on projects? That'll help to drive your timeframes, right, around, uh, around what you're pro You might have a project that's, that's needed right now. There's no sense in banging the grant bushes out because most grants are, you know, 12 to 18 months before you can really start work. Know what the funding requirements are. Understand the application frameworks for each of these and make these notes all with your calendar, right? Um, once you know what the what the funding requirements are, what the application questions typically are, then you can start to just compile that kind of information, um, keeping it handy, keeping it in a separate file uh, that that when the grant application drops, when the when the program announcements are made, um, you can go right to that file and say, here we go. All right. We, we're ready to roll. And then finally, I'd say get your local sources committed now. Right. Um, be clear. You, I'll be clear. You, you cannot expect 100% grant funding on anything. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to make a local investment. You should know where, when you do that, do some of that research, know, am I getting 25% of my project funded, 75%, where am I? Whatever that gap is, you need to have a funding plan uh, and you need to have it committed when, uh, when you sit down to make application. These are the types of things that uh, that will bump your score or drag your score. Um, and so I would say if you've, if you've already clarified your vision, if you've done a needs assessment in your community, you know what your projects are and how they tie back to your vision, and you've got a good set of files around what the, what the potential funding sources are to support you in this, I'd say you're way ahead of the game. And I'll say one last thing, the only deal breaker in the conversation once you've established that vision, once you've clarified it and you've got your community buy-in, never, ever, 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 ever change your vision to suit a funding source. Uh, it's, it's a losing proposition every time. You've worked hard on it. There are funders out there that align with what you're talking about. Get in bed with those folks and stay away from the other funding sources. 
Uh, so those are the critical pieces that will have you ready and ro ready to roll for uh, a, an application process, virtually any application you can think of. If you've done those three things, then you are uh, you are on track for a, a successful funding application. If you need help between here and there doing any of those things or just unpacking this stuff, understanding it, you can always email me. I'm happy to chat with you about uh, about how to move how to move some of this stuff off the dime. My email address, matt, M-A-T-T dot horn, H-O-R-N at mrbgroup.com, matt dot horn at mrbgroup.com. Uh, and come to our website, check out the other stuff we're into. Uh, chances are there's an opportunity for us to support you in one way or another, uh, www.mrbgroup.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next week on This Week in Local Government.